Have you ever entered a meeting with excitement and eagerness to present your ideas and expecting your customer to share that enthusiasm only to discover that when you leave the meeting, the customer's interest and enthusiasm didn't match yours? We've all experienced that, haven't we? Today, we will explore the universal feeling of disappointment and explore some helpful tips and advice on how to navigate through it. Welcome to the Secrets in Medical Device Sales. I am Annalisa Rhodes. And I am Cynthia Fakara. Together, we are the Girls of Grit, two professional women bringing you over 40 years experience as top performers, top earners, and leaders in the male-dominated medical device industry. Tune in as we give you the keys to unlock the doors to success in medical device sales. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Lisa, and good morning to all of our listeners today. Yes, good morning. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Secrets in the Medical Device Sales, and we are the Girls of Grit. So I have to apologize because my voice is sounding quite bad today. Um, (laughs) So we, we went on a ski trip last week. It was an awesome trip. It was an adult trip only, no kids. And we went to Big Sky, Montana. I know. So it was so much fun. And I can say, if you've never been to Big Sky, you absolutely should go. The mountains are gorgeous. Montana's amazing. People are so nice. Oh, we bought Cole Hauser's whiskey. It was really fun. Are you serious? Yeah. He's got his own own bourbon. I know. And the bottle's really cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But my voice, I, I caught the flu on the way home and I'm still getting over it. So really sorry today to everybody that my voice is a little messed up. Then again, at least you had a good reason to get sick. You had fun, you enjoyed yourself, cool, crisp mountain air, and then you get sick. Well, although Lisa, I will say at least this ski trip didn't bring as much disappointment as the one you were skiing last year, the year before. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, 2021, I think I tore my ACL in Vail and I've been skiing all my life. I mean, you know, I'm not like a double, triple black skier, but I'm a good black, potentially could have been double black skier for a while. Basically like no fear, you know, I'd go anywhere because my brothers and I grew up skiing. So yeah, I tore my ACL in Vail a couple years back and man, I will tell you, Cindy, I don't know if it's me getting older or if it's the fact that I just am so scared I'm going to tear my other ACL that skiing, I was a little bit, I wasn't as fast as I used to be. I was the last person. It was my husband, myself, and my brother and his wife. And I was always the trailer. I was like the little caboose <laughs> at the very end. <laughs> they were like waiting at the bottom of the mountain, like, where is she? Where is she? And I'm just like <laughs> taking my time because I'm so scared. I don't want to tear my other ACL. Oh, heck um, no. Didn't but, didn't that happen to you like on the first day or something? Like it was like yeah. at the beginning of your trip, right? Yeah, it did. It was, yeah. Yeah. Talk about, Talk about awful disappointment in that situation. <laughs> yeah. I know we're talking about disappointment today and it's a perfect segue in because I had all these grand expectations of this trip in Vail. I was going to be with the kids for a little while and then we had not gotten married yet. So it was my fiance at the time was going to fly out and we were going to have a little adult time. And boy, I'll tell you what it, uh, yeah, it rocked me. It was the very first day and three days later, I'm having surgery on my, on my knee. So talk about managing disappointment, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what's so fun because that's what we're talking about today. Something yes. that 
in all realms we've experienced. You know, you had it on a ski trip. You know, today we're more focusing on work. I guess many of us, almost everybody out there listening knows who Michael J. Fox is, a actor for many years who is very vocal and visible in in the world today and in, in really fighting Parkinson's disease. So he is overcoming quite a debilitating disease. And actually, I, I, I found this quote and I just wanted to read it. This is from Michael J. Fox. And Michael J. Fox says, there's always failure and there's always disappointment and there's always loss. But the secret is learning from loss and realizing that none of these holes are vacuums. Boy, he really puts that into perspective, especially when you think about what he faces every day in his life mm-hmm. with his debilitating disease. I mean, I grew up watching him as a kid, you know, and I, I used Family to, I loved him and he was so wonderful and so funny. And, you know, when you see him now, he's still smiling, mm-hmm. even with the things that he fights every day, he still has a smile on his face. And so it's like, I think it really puts into perspective for all of us when we feel disappointment, like we were talking about with me and my ACL or, you know, when we do have to, uh, we go in for different things and they just don't turn out the way that we thought they were in our relationships or in the workplace. I mean, let's just put that all into perspective when you think about Michael J. Fox. But, you know, today we're really going to talk about disappointment in the workplace. I think we all, I know we all have felt it at one (laughs) time or another. Many, And if you haven't, it's coming. Yeah. And maybe multiple times in the same day, right? You're like, oh, that was great. Oh, that sucked. Oh, that was great. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, you likened it to a roller coaster, Cindy. And Uh I think that, I think that that analogy is a perfect analogy. You know, sales can be like a roller coaster. You have your ups and your downs and your twists and your turns. And sometimes, man, you are flying high and you're doing great. And then there's those dips and those dives and they're scary and they make you uncomfortable. And it's really staying on the ride and pushing forward that's going to take you back up again. Exactly. Thinking about a roller coaster ride, to me, I can envision being in an amusement park and you're standing in line and you can see the track. You see that it's going to start to go up really slow. You're going high, 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 high. Then you're going to drop and you're going to drop so fast and it's so steep. You can't even see the track. But then you look ahead and you know it goes up, it goes down. It goes upside down. And I think what's cool about thinking of a roller coaster comparing to sales is how we can see the tract ahead of us in an amusement park. But in real life and in sales, we can't see that. We don't know when we're going to go up and when we're going to go down. But what we can do is set realistic expectations so that we can brace ourselves and learn how to react and navigate through this. Because whenever you have a disappointment, it's taking that time to reflect, reevaluate, and you know, take into consideration what your next step is. So one thing I want to do is just define when we talk about disappointment, not really define, but there's a psychology of disappointment. And I can cite the source in our show notes, but I'm going to read this to you. The psychology of disappointment. At its core, disappointment is a cognitive event where an individual perceives a gap between expectations and reality. Expectation, in this context, is a belief about what will happen in the future and is heavily influenced by past experiences, social learning, and cultural norms. Yeah, that's a great definition. 
So today, we're just going to be talking about do's and don'ts in the workplace, and we're really going to highlight how we manage that. You know, we've all faced disappointment. We've all had that moment of expecting something to happen, and then why we get surprised, but we do. Sometimes we get surprised, well, wait a minute, they don't want what I want? And sometimes you can have a physical, emotional reaction in disappointment. You can get a pit in your stomach, cannot, you can feel sick. Some people even get diaphoretic or very sweaty and very just sweaty palms and just nervous. So these are things that all are normal. And so how do we walk through what to do and what not to do when we face disappointment? I was having a thought as we were talking about this, because recently I got a call from a newer rep who's one of my trainees and he's a sweetheart guy. I mean, he's been in the medical field for, I don't know, 20 something years, but on the other side of the table, right? So he just recently got into sales and he called me up and he's like, Lisa, I'm just, I'm just so upset. You know, I've been calling on these docs and I've been emailing them and I've been meeting them for lunches. I'm doing lunches everywhere. And you know, I'm texting him and emailing him and I'm spinning my wheels. And he's like, and I feel like I'm getting nowhere. Like I haven't heard from them. They're not responding to me. I don't understand why I don't have cases yet. And I'm like, you got to calm down. You have to slow down and put things into perspective. You have to understand that your time isn't their time. And sometimes customers are on a completely different schedule, mind frame, the whole thing than where you're at. And I think today when we talk about some of this, Cindy, we're going to talk about making sure that your setup is correct, right? Right? I mean, say you want to talk to a doctor about a product and you know, you're so gung-ho about it. It's a brand new product that you're like, oh, the next time I see him, I'm just going to stop him in the hallway. Well, mm, that's not going to work because typically physicians are busy, right? When you see them in the hallway, they don't have time for a five or 10 minute chit chat about a new product. They're going to want you to set that up specifically AKA call the nurse, call the office, set it up in the office, in a conference room, give yourself the benefit of the doubt of setting up the situation appropriately so that when you sit down with them and you have this in-depth discussion on the new product or on the product that you're selling, you have their undivided attention. You have them in a place where they know, hey, we're going to meet about this. So they know what the expectation is. You have your own expectations. It's not like this fly by the seat of your pants type thing. I think sometimes we have all these great expectations and we forget that not everybody's on our same page. And physicians in particular have so many things coming at them at once that they don't have time to just focus on the one thing that you want to talk to them about. That's really well said. You know, we can get very excited about something we want to say, but you know, think about a conversation. It's always a two-way street. And when it's heavily one-sided, does it ever really go your way? You know? Right. So something to think about, we're talking about do's and don'ts. So something, let's just start with what not to do. So one of the things to start with, I would say, is don't let disappointment turn into resentment. I think that in your example, it gets to the point where your disappointment, because you're trying, you're trying. And again, we know in sales, it's repeating the same things or different avenues to get good results, but it takes time. It's a lot of action steps. It's not just doesn't happen in one turn. Sometimes you have to do multiple, multiple appointments. But if you get disappointed, it's very important not to 
resent the customer for not being on the page. Yeah. You know, it's stepping back and thinking maybe I need to do something different. So I think the very most important thing to understand is number one, don't turn your disappointment onto and projecting resentment to the person not receiving the information you want them to or being on your page. You know, you bring up a really good point. I think we do that a lot and we don't even realize it. I think it's like Mm. a subconscious thing sometimes, you know, because you had these great expectations. You thought you were going to talk to them about something and then they didn't receive the information the way that you wanted them to receive it. And now you're mad at them. And it's like... (laughs) That's not their fault, right? I mean, again, they're in a different place than you are. You didn't give them the benefit of the doubt of setting it up where they're going to be on the same page as where you are. So now you're resenting them for something they don't even know what they did, you know? And then I think subconsciously that kind of comes in later when you call on them again, that resentment might creep in and you don't even realize it. And maybe the next time you're talking to them, your voice inflects differently, the way that you speak to them inflects differently. And now they're like, whoa, chill out. I don't need this pressure. You know, who are you? I'm busy with my patients and my surgeries and all the other things I have going on. So that's a really good point, Cindy. I think we do that subconsciously. And I think that, you know, in just listening to us talk about this, it's coming to mind. Remember, we are talking about being in sales. And what is the thing you have to think about in sales is asking your customer questions. Where's the customer in that moment? Would the customer even be interested? Okay. You mentioned, we got this great new product. I'm ready to run down the hallway and I can't wait to tell them. And you know, there's a saying where in sales, people call that diarrhea of the mouth. I'm just going to go blah, 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 blah. My great product. Okay. Well, he's thinking about this patient that almost died on the table or something new he has to do, or maybe he's having a really bad day or he's having such a great day. He's so excited excited that he's got this phenomenal date at the end of the night that he doesn't even hear what you're saying. So sometimes it's really stepping back and understanding if your conversation even was heard and maybe it's reflecting and thinking, okay, well, next time I need to approach, like you said earlier, expectations, where's my customer at the moment? But again, not doing exactly what you said. Don't get mad at your customer. That's a crazy thing. Absolutely do not get mad when something disappoints you and doesn't go your way. Well, and along with that is dwelling on the issue, right? Just taking it with you. Like I was mentioning, whether you do that subconsciously or not, you take the issue with you so that the next time you run into them, you see them, even when you sit down to meet with them for the product that you were trying to talk to them about in the hallway, you can't dwell on it. You can't bring that resentment with you because it's going to end up eating at you during that meeting. And now, again, you're not going to have a successful meeting just because you've allowed those emotions to creep back in, whether they happen and you're aware of it or it's subconscious. It's going to affect your meeting with that customer and they're going to feel that. I mean, everybody is human. We're all sensitive to things. And if you come in just, you know, super hardcore, you didn't hear me the first time. Now you're really going to hear me. It's like, whoa. It's like, whoa, dude, whoa, chill out. You know, we we don't need you to yell and scream. And and I'm not saying you're going to come in yelling and screaming, but what I'm saying is you come in so forceful because you're like, you're going to hear me now. They're like, dude, this is like my office time. It's my chill time where nobody bothers me. I'm letting you come into my office to meet with me. Like, let's keep this in a copacetic fashion, right? Let's not be so aggressive with what you're trying to tell me, what you're trying to sell me, because you're just going to push them off again. I love that. Don't dwell. 
water under the bridge. And the third thing I really think is important to point out about disappointment and what not to do is don't let it stop you from your goals. I mean, we have this job that we do is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And there are so many parts and pieces to it. And you need to have those big goals and even the small goals and targets and something you're trying to accomplish. And you're going to have setbacks, but do not let setbacks set you back from ever getting to the goal you're trying to achieve. So now let's switch gears and talk about the fun things and what do we do to help us navigate through disappointment. Yeah. And you're right. I did. I actually used that saying with, uh, with the trainee that called me, I said, man, this is a, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint, especially in the field that we're in. You are going to run into a lot of obstacles. You got to just keep going. I mean, here's the deal. And this is what I said to him. I'm like, would it be worth it if you got everybody's business right off the bat? Like, where's the fun in that? I mean, I know that sounds super cliche, but like, where is the fun in not having a little bit of a hurdle to climb? Because once you get that hurdle and you've mastered it, now you're the master. And now somebody else has to come in and beat you. And if it was that easy for you to get in, then it's going to be that easy for your competition to get in. So I think it's really important that there's beautifulness in the struggle. There's success in the struggle. I mean, you've got to embrace it, learn from it, take from it, and then just keep trucking. (laughs) Just keep trucking. And there's the old saying, nothing good comes easy. And it's right. I mean, that sense of pride and appreciation you feel is tenfold the feeling you feel of disappointment. You know, you might get a pit in your stomach when you're disappointed and you feel bad and everything feels heavy. Well, let me tell you, on the flip side, when you've worked hard and you've earned, when something goes your way, everything changes. You get excitement, your heart races, you're happy, and you're more productive, and you can ride that momentum. So it really is a good way to look at it that nothing good comes easy. You got to work hard, and you appreciate it, and it's so worth it in the long run. Agreed. So we're going to talk about what are some good things to do right, with disappointment. So one of the very first things that we're going to touch on today, and we may even carry this into our next episode, is setting expectations. And I talked a little bit about this before in terms of the scenario that you're setting yourself up in. What are you even setting this up at? Is this like you're running at them down the hallway with your new product in your hand? Listen to me, listen to me. That's just not going to work. Or is it, did you make the appointment with the secretary? You met in the conference room. He knows or she knows what you guys are going to meet on. In their head, they've given you that five minute space, what have you done to already set the stage for a potential win? And, you know, in thinking about this today, Cindy, I was laying in bed and I was thinking about it. So I've been, you know, we've been doing this for so long and I've really started when I have a new surgeon that I'm calling on, or it's a new product that I'm calling on an old surgeon. I've started to just kind of put out there, you know, right before the meeting and right out into the universe, I basically just put out a good sense, a positive sense. They're going to be open to listening to me. I'm not necessarily thinking they're going to buy it tomorrow. They're going to give me a case tomorrow because that's, that's kind of like an all or nothing. I think more so I go into meetings where it's positive. My product's a good product. It provides a 
phenomenal solution for patients. And so I go in with a really positive attitude and it seems to really work. I had a call not that long ago with a brand new surgeon for a new product that we're selling. And, you know, I never met him before. I had done the appropriate things. I had called the secretary. I set it up in the conference room. He took the time to meet with me and we went through the product. We went through the demo. We did all the normal sales calls. And then two weeks later, I get a case. And it was kind of like a shock. But at the same time, I thought, wow, you know what? I just went in. It wasn't with no expectations, but it wasn't with this heavy, I need your case. I need your business because they feel that, right? It was more like, hey, I've got a great new product that's really helping a lot of patients and a lot of surgeons. I think that you might appreciate the product. I think you might appreciate this new procedure that we're doing, that kind of thing. It's a positive feeling, not a negative. Exactly. But Lisa, you also tied in three things that I see many people who have been in this industry over time with experience. And number one is wisdom. Number two is patience. And number three is the experience. So your approach to that appointment with that doctor, that meeting is something that I really hope we can teach all these young people listening and just starting out that it does take time. And like you said, just going in and you never want to be desperate will not win in the end. And it's hard sometimes, I think, to be patient, but you're right. You set up expectations, but in what you described to me, I was kind of visualizing you walking and speaking to a doctor. And I also see that you went in receptive to listen. And anytime we have these conversations is that if it's all one-sided with what you want, you will be disappointed. You absolutely will be disappointed because if you don't listen to what they need, what's in it for them, what's in it for you, then it's not going to go your way. And what you described is an experienced sales call. And I really hope that we can help people along the way get to there, you know, and and beginning with you're going to be disappointed. So number one, we're setting expectations. How do we navigate this? And I love that example because I think that's really, really important. And I want everyone out there to know throwing this in the universe, you will get there too. And sometimes it's stepping back, take a deep breath, count to three and roll with it. You're going to trip, you're going to fall and it's okay. You're going to get disappointed. But then let's take that disappointment. This is the second thing I really want to point out about what to do when we face disappointment is now use it as a learning opportunity. So reevaluate. If you went in and did all those things right, what if I were brand new and I went in and didn't do any of the things you did? I didn't listen. I didn't relax. Maybe I was too tense. Maybe I just, the whole time the doctor's talking, I kept thinking, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? Well, now I learned from that. So what I'm going to do next time is I'm going to listen. I'm going to maybe think the next time I want to say what I'm thinking, I'm going to step back. Sometimes it's subtle things you can do. When you realize you're thinking ahead and not listening, maybe sit on your hands. Do you know? That's actually, okay, I have to laugh. A manager that I had a long time ago when I was learning. Remember, I I came from a clinical background. I didn't really have any business education and learning the art of conversation was something I learned. And I'm from up north. I talk a lot. I talk with my hands, but I'm thinking ahead a lot. And he used to tell me, next time you your thought is coming so quickly, sit on your hands. It worked for me. <laughs> 
I would sit and be like, okay, now I need to listen. I'm sitting on my hand, listen. And it was just a simple gesture, but it put me in check. So do something you can do to put yourself in check. So always think of disappointment as a learning opportunity. That's really cute. I'm imagining you as a little girl, like with your hands underneath your legs, like the legs oh, swinging. I, wasn't little. Like, Ooh, I know, but you know, <laughs> like it like burst in my head. I'm like, this is exactly what I'm thinking right now. But you're right. It is a learning experience. And I think we need to take away every single time anything. Well, whether it's a successful meeting or it is a disappointing meeting, you know, you always need to take away something that you've learned. I mean, I tell that to everyone in cases, right? Every single case, you should be learning something. There's always going to be a learning point. And the same thing goes for meetings. Maybe you learned that the doctor, I don't know, he's got three kids and recently one of them was in a dance competition or, you know, maybe something a little bit that happened. And so then you learn that, right? And that's where they're at in their life. And so I think it's really important, like you're saying, is not everybody's going to get to where you and I are at today, right now, right, like within this moment, but over time, they will. And so if they can be patient, they can take things away and learn from their experiences and bring in that wisdom, they're going to be successful. So I really think you're right there. And, you know, along with that is um, using it as motivation into figuring out for your next meeting, how is that going to go, right? Using what you've learned so that the next time you see that physician and you're calling on them, where's that conversation going to go? How are you going to turn that conversation into a win if this conversation didn't get you what you were looking for? What's the next goal? What's the next step? It's always what is next. It's like that roller coaster, right? You just took a big, deep dive. Now you're going to start to climb back up again. So how do we get up there? Every track makes a noise, right? It's like a stepping thing. It's like steps to get back up to the top. How are we going to get there again? And it's all about what did we learn in our experiences from with what we did in the past with those physicians. And you know, something I'm thinking back when I was younger and starting out is Something that I had to learn was to focus more on one thing at a time. You know, when we have a new product and we have something big, you know, we want to, not always, but we may want to say five great things about it or just blurt out features and benefits. So one thing I would advise is when you set expectations going into a meeting is focus on one thing. What is one thing you want to learn maybe from that position? Will this help in their practice? Where would this fit in? How can you help them in, in one avenue? And pick, pick maybe it's one benefit of your product and think about how that would impact his day and ask him about the day. You know, maybe it's just a matter of this may save 10 minutes in a procedure. Well, then maybe you talk about time, like, how important is time to him? Does he always feel behind? Is he rushed in doing things? And then you focus on that aspect. Granted, there's four great more benefits to your product, but he doesn't need to know that today. You know, give him one, one thing to take away and then you build from there. So maybe another thing to do is just really focus on one thing rather than everything. Boy, Cindy, you just hit on sales 101, sweetheart. <laughs> so one of the biggest things is to uncover the customer's needs, right? In sales, what you're talking about is uncovering what is one of his, what are one of his needs or her needs. It doesn't, you don't, again, you don't need to have diary of the mouth and talk about the 10 things that your product is amazing. It's like you're running down the hallway with your product in hand. It's like, whoa, that's a lot. Whether instead you 
you're listening, you hear what their needs are, and then your product can fit into that and solve that need. And now you've got, you're, you're doing sales 101. That is literally one of the things that they teach you is uncovering the customer's needs and how can your product help benefit them and make their procedure, their patients, their day flow better. Exactly. And you know, I think there's one more important do of our do's and don'ts of disappointment. And so again, we're trying to focus on some things that we can brace you for disappointment. And I think it's extremely important to read the room. And so when you go into a meeting, it's taking into consideration the state of mind your customer is in. Because just because you've planned and you're ready to walk in there today, and maybe you're patient, you're listening, and you have one thing to present, take take inventory, take note. Does this person feel good today? Is there is he or she distracted? Those things can make or break to where you can you can even walk into a meeting and say, sometimes you can sense if a doctor is not having a good day. And, and this doesn't have to be a doctor. It can be an administrator. It can be a nurse, whomever you're calling on. And it's okay to say, is today a good time? Do we need to reschedule? Or, um, you know, maybe they're distracted and you notice it, but pay attention to, is the phone ringing? Are they looking at their watch? Are they looking at their phone? Are they emailing? Are they not able to give you the attention? That's okay. It's not that they're being rude, but just, we don't always know what is happening in our customers' days. And is even though we are so excited to go in and tell them what we have to share, we only set ourselves up for disappointment if we don't really, what is the word I'm looking for? Not inventory. What's the word I'm looking for when you're like, take notes, um, read the room. It's the only thing I can Yeah, reading the word. room. What you're talking about is being aware, being aware of where they're at in their day, in their life, in their week versus where you're at, right? You know where you're at. You don't need to let them know where you're at. What you need to do is come to them. And it's bringing to mind when I was calling on this customer, this new customer who I'd never met before. The first thing I did is I asked him about himself. I'm like, tell me about yourself. You know, I've never met you before. And I did, of course, I did some research on him prior. So I knew where he'd come from, what his studies were and all that. But I wanted to know about him. And when you get them talking about themselves personally or where they're at, even in the day, first of all, we're all people, right? So it brings it back down to a normal playing field. It's not like, you know, you're, you've just got this product and you have to get it done and you have this agenda and they're this guy up here and you're just trying to get to them. No, we bring it all back down. Let's all be normal human beings. There's no pressure here. You don't have to make the sale today. Let's just take a moment and get to know one another, find out where they're at. And like you said, Cindy, if they are super distracted, maybe say, you know, Dr. So-and-so, I really was looking forward to talking to you about this product. If now is not a good time, I'm happy to come back. There's nothing wrong with that. That's being aware of the situation because there's a chance that they're already checked out and they're not going to hear what you have to say. And they may appreciate you giving them the time. And then when they do meet with you, they'll be so thankful that you were aware of where they were at, that they'll probably may even use your product just because you gave them the opportunity to go on and do their day. And then you met them where they said that they could meet you at. So I agree with you. I think that's really important to read the room, to be aware. I'm so glad we had this conversation today. You know, disappointment is something we are going to face every single day. And, you know, just to summarize, I I just want everybody to remember 
When does appointment happens, which might be 10 minutes from now, it might be tomorrow, it might be next week. Number one, do not turn your disappointment into resentment. Do not dwell. It's just water under the bridge. Don't let it stop you from your goals. And most importantly, what we want you to do is set those expectations. Make it a learning opportunity. Focus on one thing, maybe rather than everything. Really use disappointment to motivate you forward. And also really take into consideration the state of mind your customer is in. And I think today we're going to make a really fun call to action. I want everyone out there to, again, hear the words of Michael J. Fox and remember this today. There is always failure and there's always disappointment and there's always loss. But the secret is learning from loss and realizing that none of these holes are vacuums. Thank you, Michael J. Fox. I love it, Cindy. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Secrets in the Medical Device Sales brought to you by the Girls of Grit. We are so happy you are here and listening in. Please don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and write into us at LinkedIn or Instagram. We love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about the show and if you want us to talk about anything. Have a great day and a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.